Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today, we have Linda Garcia as our first guest for 2022. Linda is the creator of In Lose We Trust, a platform geared towards healing our relationship with money and creating generational wealth within our communities. We invited Linda to talk about her business, the importance of her work, and her upcoming book, Wealth Warrior, which is perfect title. Love it. One thing we love about Linda is that she wants to make sure our Latino community becomes rich AF, and we all know what AF stands for, guys. Thank you, Linda, for being here and for agreeing to share your story with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Can't wait to get into this conversation with you all. So thanks so much. And before we get started to talk about your work and journey, Tell us about your background, your upbringing, like where were you born? Give us all that good stuff. Yeah, so I was born in San Clemente, California. I grew up in San Juan Capistrano. We call it San Juaneras, um, which was an incredible experience. It's in South Orange County. Um, and there was just like a lot of land. There was so much richness in that space. And I spent most of my childhood running on the hills and in the creeks and just communion with the earth. Um, so that was a big part of my upbringing. And then getting to see like the mission and just all of these different energies that were in San Juan Capistrano. It's such a majestic little space there in California that feels like a completely different, almost like a, its own, I don't know, place. But yeah, that's where I'm from um, originally. And I spent the majority of my life pretty much back and forth from Dallas to California. I was in television. I went to business school for marketing and international business. And, and I worked in TV producing television commercials, um, directing television and writing television commercials for local TV. Then I got into the movie industry in Los Angeles and I was part of the team that launched the first Hollywood Latino movie studio. And I just feel like I've had a million lives. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many crazy experiences. Um, I used to have a podcast called Let There Be Lose. And then we transitioned into the community that we have now, which is in Lose We Trust. But I've always been part of like content creation in and around that that type of space. That is so cool that you've touched a little bit of everything. So you've left a little bit of you in so many different aspects. And I love how you put it that it's like you've lived so many different lives in this one life. That means you just went for it. Okay. Like you were just like, nothing's going to hold me back. And that explains where you're at now. But that's really cool. San Juan Capistrano is a little, it's a little, magical little place. It's um, a little hidden gem, I think, of Southern California that most of us just drive through on our way to Tijuana or on our way back to LA. But it is a beautiful little town. And I, could, I, I love how you said that you were, you know, in community with the earth. And it's, it just reminds me of how grounded you are when it comes to spirituality and in and, and touch with that. It stems from your connection there and the environment you were in. What was your relationship with money growing up? I know we're jumping in completely into this, but like we feel that Money is such a weird topic to discuss, especially amongst Latinos or Latinas of the community, um, but especially just among mujeres. Like that's the last thing we want to talk about with our friends is money. And 
when we come from like a background of very uh, spiritual and touch kind of um, place, going into the topic of money doesn't seem like they go together. So how did that come about for you? Yeah. So growing up with money, like growing up with money, what that was like for me, I have to reference my mother's relationship with money because I do feel that our relationship with money, the way it starts is a reflection of how our parents had a relationship with money. So there was definitely a lot of scarcity. You know, my parents were immigrants and my mom was doing all kinds of jobs to try and make it from housekeeping to babysitting to working at a factory at night to selling tacos during the day. I mean, she was doing all of that at the same time. And so it was very much hustle mentality. There was never enough. And it felt like the harder you worked, the less we had, the less time we had for each other, the less, you know, everything. It was just like life. I think looking at it from that perspective was really challenging. I, I will say that I think there was like a switch for my mom. Something happened. She really honed in on housekeeping solely and let go of all the other side jobs. And when she did that, I really saw a level up in her. She was, I want to say maybe 27 years old and she bought um, a condominium in San Juan Capistrano. And she was like magic with money, but she would never talk about it ever. And I, I, could, I felt the difference because we went from I had only hand-me-downs and I only had like three outfits that I would constantly wear over and over. I would get picked on. I would get told I was poor all the time. Um, and then I felt the shift when it was like, I have brand new shoes that were bought for me. You know, it wasn't a hand-me-down. And so I, I remember that shift and I remember what it meant for my mom at 27 to be an immigrant, to to from money that came from cleaning houses to buy her own house and watching her go through that transition. Again, she never talked to me about money. Um, so I think that was like a miss. That was a big missed opportunity. Um, a lot of my older years really reflected what the child trauma of money was, the scarcity, uh, the not knowing how to manage it. So I reflected that for a really, really long time. And But there was this also this desire to, to want to build wealth. That desire has always been there. Like I've always wanted to be rich. Um, and moving into uh, a spiritual space publicly, always having it internally, it felt wrong to want to be rich and still be grounded and connected to my higher conscious, to spirit, to earth, to all of these things that felt really wrong, like I was doing something wrong. And my intuition was extremely adamant in telling me that this is actually an extension that I, that I needed to be wealthy and I needed to model that wealth. Um, and so navigating that was extremely challenging for me, but I had to work through it. I had, and you know, what I actually learned was that money is actually extremely spiritual. It's energetic and money actually reflects your your self-worth. And I know for some people that's really hard to hear, especially if you're struggling with bringing in the money that to, to be told like, well, it, it has to do with how you value yourself. There must be something within that you may not be valuing enough to bring in. Um, that's, that's hard to hear. That's a hard pill to swallow. But as I started working more and more with my intuition and asking my intuition questions, 
it became so much more clear. And once I started to really let go of my former beliefs surrounding money that were negative uh, and really cultivating a relationship with money, that's when everything started to shift. And I actually saw moving from spirituality to money um, being very natural. And I think we're going to be able to look back to that decision that I made and be like, whoa, she was ahead of her time. And I, I, I honestly, and I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I think people are waking up to that now. Everything you're saying, it just makes sense. It comes to a certain point of our lives that we're just like, you know, there's this hard thing in like in our culture, especially the deserve and the earn, right? Mm -hmm. And for so many years, they're like, it's, I've always been the like, I've earned everything, I've earned everything, but I've never felt I never felt like, oh, this is what I deserve, but it felt like this, I deserve this, but I do have to work for it. Mm -hmm. And when you do get what you deserve, it feels like, yes, I did it, right? But we limit the amount of deserves that we get. And then we do deserve, you know, all the beautiful things and all those things that a lot uh, that come along with also deserving money, right? We can do everything to earn that money, but we need to realize that you, you, no matter how hard it work, you need to find a way to make sure that the money that you're making works for you. And you mentioned like your mom didn't talk about money, but that she was magic with money. Like she had this mind shift and it all starts here, right? In our mind and in our beliefs. And that's spiritual because we need to have this belief. We need to trust our intuition, our gut to be like, this decision I'm making is going to be for the better. I'm going to be a chingona because I know I can be. And this is what my gut, my mind, my heart are telling me to do. And that's very spiritual. And if we're working our asses off, like how is money not spiritual? If it's contributing to the our, our wellness, our well-being, to our family. So I, I feel that with you, yes, you are ahead of your time you're you made that connection and now you're doing what you can to bring other people along mm -hmm. so this is where in loose we trust comes in right yeah. we trust like no trust in me because i know what's up y'all <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that so in lose we trust is just a representation of like trusting in in yourself right in your inner guidance and in your in your own personal light and for me I think, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean me. My name is Linda, but lose is something that I constantly seek. Light is something that I'm constantly seeking. Um, I think I was for so long in dark turmoil where I would look at all the dark things that were happening and I was creating so many more dark things. And it wasn't until I understood like, don't focus on all of the dark, like just focus on the little light, even if it's dim like just focus in on it and that the light started to come closer and closer and so that's just the representation of in lose we trust it's something that's a a deep um and personal journey and i just received you know a calling to really move into this space and even before i received the calling internally i did have friends that you know a friend specifically who channeled and um just told me that my guides wanted me to move into the finance space, which was crazy. And then it naturally started to happen without me even having to try. And it was the understanding that learning about money is a revolutionary act and that I can sit here and talk about abundance all I want all day. But unless I understand intellectually and logically how money works, 
I'm not going to have this magic wand and say, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. And then I'm going to be rich because money has an actual pattern to it. And unless we make peace with the pattern that it has and the understanding of it and how it multiplies, we're not going to be able to multiply it. We may be able to attract it, but attracting money is one thing. Being able to actually keep it and make it work for you is a completely different thing. That's why folks that win the lottery are most likely to go bankrupt because they don't understand how to tend to money. And so for me, I started to look at money very much like seeds, like earth, like something that needed to be tended to. And this idea that money is evil or people that have money are greedy, which were beliefs that I had and I had to like reconcile those beliefs and make peace with them really helped me understand how important it is for me to tell people how I reconciled that type of relationship and how I've learned to tend to money because I'm tired of us not having the same opportunities as other people. And I think it's important that we learn to tend to money. I think money wants us to tend to it. It's important for us to have this level of power and to get to distribute money in ways that we've formerly only seen white people do it. Yeah, your post from two days ago? Yeah. Don't at me, Tom. Like, right? Like that post, I'm going to read it. So it's, this is Linda. These are her words. She goes, the other day, a white man told me my portfolio was modest, followed by there is no way I made this much money in the market, followed by I needed humility. My response, I'm going to say with my chest, just like my your ancestors have been doing for centuries. Um, I thought there was a second slide on there, wasn't there? There is. It says, I don't want a seat at the table. I want wealth that was systematically robbed from my ancestors. I want to be a threat to whatever makes them feel entitled to my legacy. Period. Mic drop, Boom. bitches. <laughs> so that that, that second um, post there is from Indigamama. Um, and so when she, I think, I think we might've posted those two posts in and around the same time. And I feel like communities receive downloads, like we receive messages. And so we were, I was getting a lot of tags on that post. Like, you know, this reminds me of what you just posted. And so, yeah, it's time. Yes. I, I really like that. And I, well, just well into what you were just mentioning, you know, like it's time, like despiertate, like wake up. I took your course, the Ream course, the wealth revolves, um, everything around me. Yes. Um, and such a good course. And I feel that for, it's very necessary, especially for us that are afraid of like not having any idea of what the stock market is. You're making, you know, just by learning certain terms, you become unafraid. But one thing that really stuck out was that you weren't a person talking about money that would we would expect to be talking about money. You were talking about how do you feel about money? What is in you that drives you about money? So I feel that these, these courses, I mean, we're going to ask you more in detail about that in a little bit, but I want to thank you for being able to create something like that. Whatever that calling was, whatever that channel was, I'm glad you were like, Yes, because some of us get the channel, get the call, and we're like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. It's not for me. So thanks so much for doing that and creating that. We were wondering what had happened to the podcast, so we'll talk a little bit about that in a bit too, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you are you pursued that and you weren't afraid of that opportunity that came at you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Yeah, um, that course is definitely... 
it's my heart and soul. It's all, it's all in there. And it's a, it comes from a really genuine space of, I, I really want to see us all win. And I want it to be, to start internally, not just logically externally. So thank you so much. Linda, as you were talking, like some, some things definitely came to mind about your upbringing and your relationship with money and your family. As I was navigating your website and your platform, um, one of the things that you mentioned there that is that, you know, as, as people of color, you know, BIPOC, you want to make sure that we start to unlearn everything that we know about money. And when I read that, I started to think about my own upbringing with money and the way I remember money was around the time that I was in high school, because I remember that I always felt uncomfortable asking my parents for money because I, I knew that we were low on resources. I knew my parents were going through um, like, a, you know, financial hardship. My dad had, you know, become permanently disabled. He had an attorney and um, and it was a time where I was being pulled out of school a lot. We didn't have money. Um, my dad wasn't working and I, I now now I know I understood what was going on. So they were trying to refinance the house, uh, and then they were they were trying to get this money. And eventually, they did get this money. Uh, I'm not talking about like a you know million dollars, but it was it was definitely in the six figure settlement. And I don't know what happened with that money because um, in my in my household, it was always my mom making the financial decisions and even to some degree, not telling my dad what she was doing with, with money, you know, maybe she was, you know, um, using up credit cards. And, and uh, so I always think of my mom, like making bad decisions with money and they didn't, they didn't know how to manage that money. So when you're talking about people, they, they come to a large sum of money um, with, with um, the, the lottery. I think that's what happened here. Like they didn't know how to manage the money. Um, they didn't talk about the money. Um, and, and so that's how I grew up, like not talking about money, uh, not knowing money and not understanding. And, and with me, it's always been like the fear, like, Oh, I don't understand the stock market. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. And my money just sits there in the savings. Uh, but maybe I should be proactive about it. And it's not until this year that I finally like, you know what? I told my husband, like you and I am like, we need to like be proactive and do you know, so that's us unlearning, I think, unlearning what our, our parents have, um, have showed us, right, with money. So um, with all that, um, I, I wanted to know, like, what, what's your advice? Like, how do we start to unlearn what we already know about money? Well, I want to say first that it's not an easy experience. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's in essence, what we're trying to do is reprogram your own personal thoughts, right? So, but the first thing we have to do is identify how you even feel because it is so easy to negate. It's so easy to push away that experience. Um, you know, it's easier for us, in fact, to push away, but that like that ease of pushing it away brings on so much trauma and so much turmoil for the family. And you know firsthand what that's like. So I want to first acknowledge that you you're even being able to step outside and notice that mistake um, that your parents made that may it not be in vain and may you learn from it. I think one of the most is your mom still with us? Is she Earthside? Is your mom still alive? Yes. I, 
I think one of the most important things you should do is ask her what happened during that time and gain clarity. Um, I think that's uh, because it affected you a lot and it can dictate how you live your life, right? These are all patterns that we relive over and over. So um, I think what's coming to me right now is that I think you should ask with compassion, with love, with empathy, no shame. Oh, you messed up or judgment or anything like that. Just trying to hear and process and understand. Um, and then I think that re- some powerful exercises just as a tip is from that perspective of being that age, once you find out how much the amount was, if it was $100,000, however amount that was, I would like for you to practice an exercise where you, in your third eye or your mind's eye, you're looking at that $100,000 and you ask that money, um, or I'm sorry, you tell that money how you feel. You let it know like how you feel, how it made you feel, like what your experience was, because that is your relationship with money. That experience. Wow. Chills. Yes. Look at you cry. I need it as a side note. I was like, okay, I'm like, well, this is what I was thinking when I was thinking of this question. Wow. Yes. Uh yeah, I got the chills. Um are you um, teary-eyed? I see a little tears. I love her voice. It. Hear her vo- listen to hearing her voice, dude. Yeah. Six figures. <laughs> yeah. to, to follow that, I think um, you should try and see what those six figures then try to tell you after you after you tell the money how you felt, what it made you go through, how you feel about it. If you, if you were angry, if you were hurt, if you were scared, if you felt um, not safe, if you felt not protected, um, and then asking, giving yourself some space and, and trying to see what that money has to say to you. I think it's really important for us to clear that up um, because there's no way we can tend to something that we hate. That's a that's an abusive relationship. That's a toxic relationship. We can look at the same way where there's adults that are living in past experiences and past traumas that are trying to raise children. And unfortunately, they inflict their children with their own pain. And so that's the same thing. Money is energetic in that way. How will you be able to multiply your money children? How will you be able to grow your money children happy and healthy if you hate it, if you detest it, if you think it's dirty, if you think it's greedy, if you think if you have all of these preconceived notions, these uh, ideas that aren't even yours, they're not even your true. It's not truly how you feel. It's just a circumstance and experience that taught you to feel this way. Way, or maybe someone else's social media post that was also hurt by money and said, you know, negative things about people with money or, you know, whatever, like you adopt those feelings and then you're trying to create wealth, but you're not, you don't have a clear relationship with wealth. Wealth's not going to be attracted to you because you're genuinely not attracted to wealth. Do you want it? Is that greed? Yeah. And that's where I I think people don't understand is like, we really, and this was me, I'm speaking for myself. I, like so many other people, attributed greed to rich white people. Like, I thought that that was something that was not 
part of our community. Like we don't have greed. We don't experience greed. And one of the things my intuition was very clear on when I was trying to like reconcile, why am I moving from a space of spirituality into money? I'm not going to be able to move forward unless I understand what you're trying to get me to do here. And my intuition was very clear. My intuition said, you know, greed isn't something that belongs to one group of people. Greed is like jealousy. Is if Do you have to be in a relationship to feel jealousy? And I was like, no, no, you can be jealous of your neighbor. You can be jealous of someone you're looking at on social media. You can be jealous of your siblings. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm jealous of your backdrop. You have a back there. <laughs> is that backdrop? I'm like, is dress like money? She got that green eye. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I'm feeling a little bit of jealousy right now. I got that green eye right now. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm like, I'm more like, is that Basquiat in the background? <laughs> no, I said, no, her stuff is it so is. cool. Anyway, I didn't mean to mess you up there. <laughs> no. But the point is there. <laughs> yeah. And so my intuition was like that's that is the way greed is greed is part of everybody everybody experiences greed greed is not exclusive no one gets to like opt out of greed just like no one gets to opt out of you know hate or or an emotion of love or you know you don't get to opt out of it completely and not have it part be part of your human experience and i think what started to become more and more clear as i started to ask my intuition please help me reconcile this help me get clear on why i need to talk about money And it was because a lot of the times deep scarcity uh, pertains to a lot of greed. Like we will not let go of a certain amount of money um, to help someone else because we're so deep in scarcity. We need it ourselves. And that in itself, not being able to let go of money is a form of greed. This idea that it's not going to be replenished. It's not going to come back. The tip of the day is going to be the tip that Linda gave us, which is if there's an issue there with a time in your life, that money, whatever that dollar amount was, that issue resonates for you, talk to that money, tell it how it made you feel. Like that's going to be our overall tip of the day. But I had an interesting upbringing because I was the youngest of six and my sister, the oldest, is 18 years older than me. So I feel like my mom, like you, lived many lives. She had many different jobs. She also settled on cleaning homes, was very successful, bought a home, learned to you know, drive a car, had a first grade education, was a single parent, like oh, just a beautiful story. But the older siblings grew up in poverty and abuse and scarcity and just trauma. And the younger siblings had it easy, quote unquote, easy. There was a lot of guilt in my household because my mom actually showed a lot of love to us through money. And I imagine she was compensating for what she couldn't do for her older kids. And so us growing up, we were considered like rich kids in my neighborhood because my mom bought us very expensive shoes or a dumb example is like, we had a senior class trip and I backed out. She paid for that trip times two. Like who does that? Whose parent does that? But my mom paid for that trip times two. And my siblings, Linda used to lay on the guilt. You have it easy. You have it good. You're so spoiled. But yet I feel like my relationship with money has always been great and solid because of my mom. Like this word deserve, I've always felt I deserve money. I deserve to be rich. I, I know that that rubs people the wrong way. I I love where I live. I love that I'm wealthy. But it is because my mom in a lot of ways, right? I got like this message of like, it's okay and I have it and worked for it. But if I had to reconcile, what I reconciled through therapy was I shouldn't feel bad because my older siblings didn't have the same situation that I had. So there's such a straddling of humility and yet I have a different relationship with money. I just see it different. And so I want to create a different life for my kids. And my mama did that. My mama did that, right? Like I have to be as strong as her because then what's my excuse? 
I got to go to college. I, I got to speak a language here. Like I almost feel like indebted to her to be a badass too and not feel bad about it. So there's going to be issues either way is my point, right? You're going to have like an issue with money. So what do you think about that? You know, I, I can relate to that because I have a son that is five years old and I have a daughter that's 27 and she went through the struggle with me. I was a teen mom at 14. So, you know, a lot of what I learned wasn't until I'm well into my adult years. And while I'm teaching her now and she's grasped so much of it and she's understanding her experience growing up is completely opposite from her brother, right? From her little brother, her half brother. And so I think obviously the way you feel about money is something that you have to attribute to your mom. I think that if Let's just, you know, speak here hypothetically. I think that if your siblings weren't in the picture, let's just say it was just you and your mom in this experience, you wouldn't have to straddle that experience so much. This is why it is important for us to get healthy with money because we will start to push out our relationship with money, our scarcity, our sufrimiento, how hard it was into people that didn't have it hard. It's like we want everyone to feel our struggle. And so that's why it's important to like move towards an awakening, move towards an understanding so that we're not doing that, right? They did it to you as a sibling and not something malicious, maybe something as like, you need to learn life is hard. You need to learn it's not this, you know, looking for your best interest, but not understanding really the the scope of um, what was taking place. It didn't matter. You navigated it brilliantly. You're on the other side. You still, you, you're, you're in a space, I think that you should be, but I think that is, um, you know, that's my perspective there and why it's so important to start healing that relationship. I think you pretty much answered like the next question I had for you, which was what is the first step that one should make in order to heal their relationship with money? And I think what I, what I took is that, you know, start asking yourself and, and think back to, to a situation where you had this, you know, problem or issue with money and what was it feeling and ask yourself your feelings around that. So, Feel free to elaborate if I didn't get that correctly or, you know, what what is like the ultimate like first step that one person should do? Yeah, I think it's definitely reflect on what it was like growing up and what your earliest experiences with money are. Sayings that you had in your home, you know, like del dinero no se habla or, you know, whatever. Or, or tienes que ser humilde, you know, or in, any type of teachings like that. It's it's recognizing that I think is the very first step and ironing that experience out and then taking logical steps. Very not fun adult ghetto steps, like looking at your <laughs> credit, you know, looking at, you know, doing those not fun steps that aren't magical. Luckily, these days, I'm not scared to look at that anymore. And, you know, we sit down and we talk and, you know, my husband and I were like on the same page. I'm like, okay, let's, we're going to do this. We're going to talk to this financial advisor. He's going to tell us what to do with this 401k. So luckily, you know, we've, we've come a long way, but we're, we're taking those steps forward to make that wealth grow. Um, but anyway, to switch gears a bit, um, I, I know you talked a little bit about your, your, your podcast, let there be loose. And we were talking off, off air, off the record. We were talking a bit about, uh, me listening to your final episode in 2020. Um, uh, and I personally found it very intriguing because I saw your path as a healer and, you know, the, the episodes that you provided at the beginning and then how you decide to take this pause because, you had this reading and 
within the reading, um, your healers told you like, you need to focus on financial wellness and that should be your journey now. So tell us about, tell us about that. Like, and, and why it was important at that point to take a pause from recording the podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is very much, it feels like an open diary. It's very personal. I share everything on the podcast and I think after several years of doing that, you know, a hundred episodes of being extremely open, it was very clear to me that my, my higher consciousness, my spirit wanted me to stop with that, like that, with that experience, I had closed karma on that for whatever reason I was tasked with sharing and being very public with a lot of the things that happened to me. And then it was time for that's it, no more. Um, and within the podcast, um, I, I did have this reading with with a, a, a close friend, Dari Luna, who three times in the span of three years told me that um, my my guides want me to focus on finance. There was a lot of resistance there for me because I wasn't great with money. However, simultaneously, I. I really did want to be rich ever since I can remember. It was a desire that I've always had. I've always wanted to be wealthy. But as I moved closer to spirituality, I wondered how evil and greedy wealth was. And um, I was navigating both of those experiences while I was also investing into the stock market, you know, starting in 2013. So it was almost like I had this like split personality uh, that I was living two separate lives and come to find out now that I'm at the point of like the intersection, I realized that I was just being me. I, 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 I can be both things. I don't have to choose one or the other. And then in fact, one reflects the other. That's it. Um, whether you want to look at that reflection in the mirror or not is your business, but it reflects itself. And so um, making that transition was really hard because I felt like the audience for me, my audience on the podcast, they were my best friends. They heard my voice intimately at night while I was recording. They've listened to me cry. They've listened to me be happy. Like they've listened to my heart and soul. And so closing that, even right now, just talking about it makes me so emotional because I felt like we were best friends. And I had to say, I'm sorry. I grew out of our relationship. We can no longer be friends. I'm moving in this other direction. And it was like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> type vibe. And, but a lot of my best friends were like, fine, we'll move that way too. So a lot of my audience, my core audience came with me. Not everyone did. Not everyone agreed. I think at that time, I, that's when I felt like I was really being a visionary and seeing what was up ahead. And there was a lot of, a lot of my audience that I lost and, you know, people would tell me, oh, they're saying this and this, like that you've like, you can't believe you went to money, can't believe, you know, that while that was hurtful, I thought to myself, they'll either come around later or it will make sense later. Either way, it's none of my business. I have to move in this direction. And so, yeah, it was the hardest of times, but it was the best of times. Not talking about my trauma over and over open um, was such a, it was like, I'm so glad we're not doing that anymore. You know, And we're just like, Focusing on the day to day and um, re making real for me what felt like real impact. I mentioned earlier that 
I really truly feel like learning about money is a revolutionary act. I genuinely feel that it's the only way we're going to be able to move our community forward. The, the, the truth of the matter is that this country and every other country is fueled by money. And that for most of us that are children of immigrants, they came to this country to make money and provide us with an opportunity. And I think that it's our responsibility to learn and understand how this country works if we actually want a real shot at an experience that doesn't consist of, we can't buy this today at the grocery store because there isn't enough. Well, it sounds like, you know, that journey ended and you're on another journey. So thank you for sharing, you know, those 101 episodes with us. Um, and I know your audience, los que, los que verdaderamente, you know, are with you, are still with you. And, you know, now, now you're just onto like the other path, like you say in your po podcast, like when you accomplish something, um, you know, you know, it's some, some, it's temporary and then you move on to the next thing. So thank you for sharing those 101 episodes. So. Well, I've never heard the podcast, girl. I'm here because of this and because of you. I'm one of the people following you now. And I think it all works itself out. And I'm really happy that you gave that your heart and soul. And now you're giving this your heart and soul. And the way you speak, the way you act, the way you carry yourself. This is truly what our community needs. Thank you. We, we're, we'll take care of the podcast for you. We'll have a, <laughs> we'll have a community with a podcast. We need your message. And we need your representation. And we, we need your badass, if I can say it. Because you're saying this is a revolution. And we need to feel like this is a revolution. Us being at the table is revolutionary. It's you're going to be uncomfortable. You got to charge forward. You got to be okay with liking money. Shit. Let's start embracing it. And everybody start liking it and talking about it and making it more about who you are. So with that being said, I know you're busy working on many projects, including a book called Wealth Warrior. I love that you're an author in another life. I will also have my book out. So that is beautiful. I'm so excited to hear more about this Wealth Warrior book that you are working on and tell us who the warrior is. The warrior is you. That's the warrior. Yeah, the warrior is you. Exactly. The warrior is anyone that decides to pick up the book. The warrior is the one that decides to make way in a space where we didn't think we belonged that's the warrior is the one that is forging through and um, creating a different wealth experience for future generations to come that is beautiful when is the book going to be out is it an ongoing project do you have a sort of a release date is it too much of a secret no no it's not too much of a secret it is uh, scheduled to go out january 2023 so a year from now is when we're expected to release obviously dates can change but as of right now with the publisher and everyone aligned we are set to go for january 2023 so that's really Bravo. exciting. Yes, thank you. I am so excited I to know. read a book from a Latina. Let me tell you, because on the money, book, right? Yeah, yeah, on money. Because right. the first book I read was written by a white man for women, not specifically Latinas, but like white women, you know, it was like smart women finish rich 2004. Like one of my managers gave it to me, like, you need to read this. And I was like, why do I need to read about money? And then I started reading. I'm like, it's a white dude. So I'm so glad that your book's going to come out and help young Latinitas. Like when I was, you know, a lost then about money, help them kind of become their warriors in this aspect. So thank you. 
Yes, I'm really excited about it. And I think the way the book came about is really special too. You know, I think it's important for us to also see other Latinas getting book contracts and having those types of experiences. Because I did think like, I'll self-publish because I always wanted to write a book. I'll self-publish one day, you know, if that's what it is, if I really want to write, then just write it, right? But I did feel like it was really important to just have this energetic experience with a publisher. And what was amazing is that my publisher and my literary agent, who is one of the biggest literary agents for Latinas, all not just in the United States, but like in all of Latin America, they came and watched my course. And so they were spying on me. And typically when you write a book, it doesn't work out like this at all. Like you don't have your literary agent and your publisher coming together and saying, do you want to write a book? So it was an incredible experience, one that I do feel I attracted. I do feel that obviously all of the spiritual work that I've done and the healing that I've done brought all of this together. And they're letting me write a book that is very true to me. Um, you know, it's going to be like no other stock book that has ever been written. You know, it's going to be about the stocks and I'm going to get to cuss in the book and like talk about my past and my life. And I just think that's, that's so exciting. Like it's not going to look like the type of book that we've read from white men. <laughs> Getting the chills now. I know. That me is too. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being in that space, for going for it, for having the universe conspire for your success and for others that'll follow because they're going to be so motivated by you. I'm glad that you get to cuss in the book because we love to cuss here too. Yes. <laughs> it's, honest, yeah. it's authentic. It's what you would say. Like you'd say like, hell yeah, you're in whatever the word is. Right. So thank you for that. So our favorite question, our signature question for all of our guests is always this one. So tell us, if you were once again 25 years old, what would be your best advice to yourself? Okay, so I would not give myself advice. That's the first thing. I would absolutely not. I think that that would be very dangerous and detrimental to the next 20 years to come. So instead, what I would say is thank you. I would go back and say, thank you. Thank you for getting us to here. Know that everything you've done and how you've done it, don't carry any shame about it. Don't carry any regret for it because of you, I'm I'm coming over back over here to say, thank you. You're doing perfect. Keep doing you that you just do you. <laughs> You melt my heart. I'm so glad you're the first guest of 2022. We're going to have to edit that question and say advice or non-advice. What are your words of wisdom for that 25-year-old? And if it's gratitude, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you for that. Vero, it looks like you want to say something about that. Oh, my God. I was just so glad that it was finally someone that's like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I wouldn't give myself advice, but I would just say this. The gratitude, the being real about it. You know, I think a lot of times we're like, I would think I would say this, and it would probably change my future. <laughs> but it's like then you wouldn't be where you're at. And and we, I feel that Linda has really painted this picture right now in this conversation of um, listen to the opportunities, listen to the things that are knocking on your shoulder and asking you like, hey, maybe you want to try this, like that little voice in your head um, or the people around, you, you know, everyone asks for a sign and they're like, no, that, not that sign. It's like, be open to it, receive it, and then go with it. And if it things don't work out, at least you tried. And if things work out, baby girl, you're going to fucking kill it, right? So I, I love this throughout this conversation. It's been Linda reminding us, I go from Linda to Linda to Linda to Linda, um, <laughs> reminding us to just like 
Keep your eyes, your heart, your ears, everything open. Trust your intuition, follow it, and question things as well. But go for it. So that's my, I think, tip two of the day (laughs) is like, listen, pay attention, all that stuff. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you, Vero. So again, Linda, thank you for being here. It means a lot to us, the world to us. So let our listeners know how to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Lose Warrior. You can find our community on Instagram at In Lose We Trust. We also have a website in com where we have our offerings. We currently have a course that's open for enrollment, a beginner stock market course um, that is super easy to ingest. Don't be intimidated. We take care of all of that. We we wrote this course for someone that knows absolutely nothing that's a child of immigrants or just has a scarcity mindset. And this course is for you. And then we have a new course on top of that one called Stacks, um, where it's you get more one-on-one time with me, more coaching time with your cohort. So yeah, you can check those out on our website and in the link in my bio on Instagram. That is wonderful. Please check out Linda. Let us know if you have questions. You're welcome to email us about this particular podcast or something more you want. That email, as you know, is admin at leveloplatina.com or hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at leveloplatina is our handle. You can find us on Twitter. That handle is latina underscore up. And again, it has been an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Keep kicking ass. Keep leading from the front. We are following well behind because we just want to be more like you and little revolutionaries. Thank you so much much thank you thank you thank you thank you chulas wealth and abundance thank you thank you get the money rain baby (laughs) amen amen Amen. hey i was wearing green too i didn't i i I didn't have fun i was (laughs) i rich bitch we rich you have your green pillow in the back (laughs) your green green, uh pictures too in the back yes we have a lot of green yeah